Nissan episode 139 and it's me Gary P and of course the prof Carl Riley. Covid champions 2020. A very angry prof there we had to re-record we forgot to press the button. Yeah. <laughs> that, that roar was brilliant. <laughs> prof just turns around and goes. Nissan's already a minute in. <laughs> so uh, yeah it's a moonlit night in Dublin in a chilly chilly uh, crumbling. It's not Kimmage prof bloody crumbling. It's bitter cold it is. It's bitter cold so uh, still sponsored by the fantastic Ocean Electrical Championship winning electrical sponsors. So uh, any electrical needs, get onto them or get onto us. So we're going to talk about the winning, uh, winning the league in just last Sunday and the game in Donegal. An interview with Roycer. He's greeting his boy. He knows the balls are shy. Uh, tenth anniversary of the Rovers title win 2010, and now he's at a new job at Crystal Palace. So to see how he's getting on over there, he's a uh, football mad, football on the brain. Stephen Royce and apparently all his seminars are very good. So good to see him getting on in London. So, uh, yeah, Prof, a little bit has happened since the last show. Uh, just a tad. Uh, we went into level five. Uh, the underage leagues, they were postponed, but senior football continued. Uh, our dairy game was called off, not once, but twice. And say a prayer for our pal Usher, because the barbers are closed again. Yeah, poor old Usher. Hope he had to get his hair cut three times a week now. Um, <laughs> what did the fox say? What did he it's like you said 2020 is absolute right off and it just gets worse every week doesn't it yeah the sooner it gets in the fucking in the bin the better so I was actually kind of amused that uh, Euro 2020 or 2021 the whole uh, spread across European cities thing now that's off I know yeah so that after, been fantastic as well so after all of the whole thing about Ireland uh, hosting three games that's not even a thing now. No, it's not a thing at all. We can't even have our own games. We can't have any nice things. No, not nice. So, yeah, we went 19 days without a podcast and 30 days without a Rovers game. So, Prof has stats on us not even doing shows now. Yeah. That's how bad it's gotten to. So, the dirty game, October 16th, was called off. Jack Bourne and Aaron Green tested for COVID-19 plus a bunch of other close contacts would have been ruled out. As they went into isolation. So Dundalk and Balls drew all that night. So we could have won the league with a win. As it happened. But it wasn't to be. We couldn't even kick a ball. And we won the league problem. That's the frustrating thing about it. Never mind not even being in the ground. We couldn't even play a game. Yeah it was set up to win that night wasn't it? Yeah it really was. Shame how it happened but. But unfortunately it wasn't to be. We'd keep long. He was puzzled that our game was postponed. And Bowes game versus Dundalk wasn't. Since they had one positive case. we He said Bowes had been like a military operation during Covid. Uh, I doubt that. I doubt that. And um, it's once again I think he's just trying to aim. It's misdirected anger more than anything isn't it? From their own shortcomings. 
military operation. Isn't this the same guy who was uh, caught training in a public park during the height of lockdown? Yeah, and chased down the photographer. Are you rovers? Are you rovers? So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a strange one, all right. And the following week, Finn Harps won 2 at Eddymount Park, which meant we were the champs and our fourth title in nine years. Another trophy won at Daily Mount. Nine years? Like, what What a journey. Stephen Kenny, Stephen Glass, Brian Law. Stephen Glass, you count, you always count him. <laughs> Crotty, Fenlon, horrible football. Three minor trophies. Was it four? No, three. No, it is four. Don't forget the Leinster Senior Cup. I am counting two Leinster Senior Cups. It's uh, it, it's been a bit of a journey, Ari. But we're there, Prof. We've done it. Um, also like, a bit of a journey for the podcast itself. Well, isn't it? Because we started this right at the beginning of Bradzer's first full t- full season. Coincidence? I think not. Nope. I think not, Prof. Um, I sometimes get nightmares about... Imagine we had started this during the Fendon era. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Imagine so, um, yeah. We congratulations come pouring in from the ex players and the staff, like a Twiggy, Turner, Jim, Jilton, Turner Collar from the start. Anyway, I remember that Twiggy was full of praise, Jim, Jilton. So, um, of course, the begrudgery came in its droves and flooding in, and it was absolutely beautiful and mm. hooked it to my veins. Well, just before the begrudgery, uh, there were some celebrations, flares were set off in Nukin, mm. uh, no house parties, I'm sure, Gar. No. Uh, yourself and Rob Devella was it? Yeah, he just told, he just walked. He was going. He just happened to be going to the chip or walking by the house, and I said, "Jeez, they're up there. Are you just happen to have flares on you? Light them off there." So it works. We just happened to win the league at the same time as well, so it was everything fell into place. I was very impressed by Paul McGrath's gaff lit up in green. Mm, very cool. Get yeah. this fella on Gunkle Box. Wow. And uh, fantastic call from John Byrne. He said, "Isn't it brilliant when football makes everything else?" Seem inconsequential. Yeah, it's crazy. Said, Robbers 18 is bigger than COVID 19. <laughs> oh, yes, I didn't hear that one. Yeah. Excellent stuff from the ever quotable John Bourne. I also loved the, the quote another trophy won at Daily Mount <laughs> because we've won so many cups there. We hadn't won since the, we won the cup in 87. But I actually checked, we'd won two leagues at Daily Mount before. And because we beat Bowles on the last day once in 1927. Right. And we won it by beating Dundalk at Daly Mount in 1964. That was because our home game was moved to Dalyer for some reason. But yeah. Yeah, Cork as well. Cork relegated on the same night as the result of a Harps win. And I think we called it when they sacked Caulfield. We said it's going to be nothing but a downward spiral from here. Um, I think they sacked him far too quickly. There was no real alternative there at the time. And uh, it wasn't that much of a bad situation that they were in, really, when when they sacked them. So it's um, it's 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 shocking stuff from Cork. It really is. I miss Turner's Cross, but um, yeah, they, they've yeah. been. I think they've been bought now as well for a pound. A lot of people are saying it's bad for the lead that Cork are down, but if they're replaced by Galway, that that's a good replacement. Yes, <laughs> very much so. It'd be it'd be great, wouldn't it, if they did get replaced yeah. by Galway? Did you hear John O'Sullivan on? Uh, Cody's call he basically admitted that their model had failed albeit it was successful for the guts of a decade but ultimately it failed didn't it yeah well I look at them they're a shambles now I mean mm-hmm. what uh, um, did he go into detail about their model he went into detail about the takeover yeah it's a bit it's a bit complicated now 
but uh, basically Forest they're, they're kind of somewhat involved but it's no longer like a, a fans on club completely and uh, if, if you go back to like maybe 2014, 2015 Cork fans were kind of mocking us during that time yeah oh yeah mm. they definitely were and it's I, I think it's down to I don't know maybe a lack of dedication mm. or experience in running a club maybe from these vans because we had Niamh uh, Mahoney uh, right here in this studio quote unquote and she basically said that Cork based the whole model on what Rovers did in 2005 yeah, and they consulted us as well they yeah. got in touch and we helped them out but long term they couldn't make it work uh, partly because they were budgeting for 5,000 crowds crazy uh, when they're actually only going to get 2,000 it's insane completely overshot completely plus their signings were consi- in the last two years their signings have been consistently terrible yeah really have been and unnecessary as well a lot of them like four right backs like every time a play, yeah, I think it was six right backs <laughs> every time a good player left another one came in who had like the quarter of his ability yeah no it was it really was the recruitment was terrible but any more reaction on the the league winning night that you can recall um, no it's just like like I said a couple of drinks in us already watching keep an eye on the games and just seeing what was happening um, it's just a strange way to celebrate winning the league isn't it Sitting yeah in the it was, I liked McDara's headline in extra time it was even if the league title is won in an empty rival stadium and there's nobody around to hear it still makes a sound well very much so but, uh, but that sums it up perfectly like it was a shock though I mean it was a double whammy like we said like Harps beating Bows handed us the league and relegated Cork at the same time hopefully keeps them up <laughs> yeah strengthening the the Rovers Harps friendship forevermore yeah but uh, yeah bring, bring on the double now that's it and the United Union Cup hopefully hopefully <laughs> we can uh, hopefully we can actually go to the cup final if it comes down to it Harps away maybe we could even get a sneaky one into Harps into the Jackson Hotel for the quarter final as for the the begrudgery you mentioned, I mean, a lot of the stuff I'm reading, it's still just, flowing through my veins right now. It's just clutching at straws, like especially the Bowes fans. They're just sick. Like they would have cherished this league win if they got it. And some of them thought they were on the verge as well, going into that game against us. They actually you saw they some of their tweets. They actually saw they thought they had a chance. Yeah, but I mean, there's not like champions with four games to play. Look at the goal score. Look at the goal difference. I think I've been getting it from left, right and centre about congratulations on your half a league. Congratulations on <laughs> your league. It's not real. Asterisks forevermore. And I'm just, it makes me even makes me even happier that it's boiling this much piss. Yeah, I enjoy the fact that they don't realise that we enjoy this. Yeah, it's it's that's it. They're just fueling our passion yeah. here. It's great. Now, as the song goes, we beat you at home, we beat you away. All except Shells and Pats who... Barely clung on to the score of straw. <laughs> but the best team always wins the league, Gert. That's it. And I think Bowles and the Dock should be grateful that it wasn't a 27-game season because they would have just fallen further behind. Yeah, we would have been a, would have been a record yeah. points difference, possibly. Yeah. Would have absolutely smashed them. So, yeah, with Finner, an interview on the Roversley. He said, from day one, the manager's emphasis hadn't changed on how he wants to go about things. He wants to win football matches and he wants to be the best team in Ireland. We've achieved that and we've achieved it in a way that we play a very attractive style of football and all very true from Finner and club captain. 
Uh, Bradzer was speaking to the media afterwards and he said the job is all consuming and he did sound a cautionary note when asked if he saw himself staying for as long as the club wanted him there. Although I'm young, I'm here four years, going into my fifth year at this club. It can feel like ten, he said. I will always be guided by my wife and my family on that and my energy and my health. If I don't feel I can bring that to the club and take us, keep driving us to the next level and keep us driving to success, I'll genuinely go to the board and step away. And that always doesn't have to mean it's on the back of poor results or anything like that. But if there ever is a time when I feel I can't improve or make this place better, I'll tell the club and I'll be the first to tell them and step away. So that's the first time Bradzer has ever spoken about not mm-hmm. being involved with the club. And it's terrifying. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? To yeah, think- I couldn't believe that when I read it. Couldn't believe it. It's mad how now we're we're worried about losing Bradzer. If you rewind like three years ago, a lot of the conversation was, is he good enough to manage this club? I know. Jesus, it doesn't bear thinking about, does it? (laughs) Surely he'll want to build on this and create something spectacular for the next couple of years and as in Mm -hmm. rewrite the history books, possibly the four in a row, you know. That's what we should be aiming for. Should be his aim as well. And it's only in its infancy, his his tenure and really what he wants to do and what he's trying to do. So I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot more to do, a lot done, a lot more to do. So um, there was another great interview with Bradzer on LOI Weekly as well. He said the only thing that we didn't get to see this team was play was a full season. I think they would have been hard to get anywhere near over the course of a full season. Um, so that was that was an excellent interview. Did you listen to? Yep, yeah, I listened yeah. to it once again. Like he's. He's gone from a media dullard to like a really suave operator and smooth mm. operator when it comes to be talking to the media and he used to be terrible, let's be honest. I never thought he was terrible. I thought he was... I was footing it a few times. He was too honest at times and there were a couple of things where obviously the, the cup final, he said that way too often. And, but yeah. No, I, I never thought he was bad but no, he definitely he has improved a lot. And um, you could listen to him all day on that show. Yeah. Like, that was just an hour. And that just flew by. I was ready for another hour. I just hate when Johnny Ward is so positive about Rovers. It's it's actually frightening. It is. It's frightening. It makes me wonder. Do you hear Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald arguing for about 20 minutes? Yeah. And it was actually Johnny who was trying to give us more credit. And Dan was reining them in. It was like, what? Everything's upside down. I know, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but he had a point, I thought. Yeah. Johnny had, or Dan had a point. In saying that we still have a lot to prove, like absolutely, yeah, that's just the modern world where as soon as the team wins the league, it's all news, and you're already talking about, well, is this as good as the team from ten years ago, and can they win four or five in a row now? Like everything's just so fast. Am I the only one who thinks that that's like a, a bit of a futile question comparing teams from different eras? Hmm. Funny you say that because I asked Royce that in the interview, and he he did say it's. It's kind of too difficult to. It is. It's tough. It's, it's different tr- times. It's a bit tricky. Like it's, it's a situ- like there's different times, different mm. standards, different ways of playing. I, I don't. I don't think it's. And you'll never ever know. So it's p- possibly a pointless conversation. I think on the a week they were trying to compare us to the Dundalk 2016 team. That's what it was. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure about that because Dundalk won what was the four titles out of five yeah that was an excellent team in fairness the one with Richie Tell and uh, they got four points in the group stage so that's, that was a very strong team That they set the standards some of what we've done has been a knock on effect of what they did yeah you could say that yeah because we like they raised the bar but uh, yeah I don't know if we're better than them but 
we're miles ahead of the current Dundalk team. Yeah, miles ahead, miles ahead of anything in the league. Like really. Dundalk could get nowhere near Arsenal, and we went toe to toe with Milan. Okay, they were the better team. Yeah, yeah. But, like we gave them a game. Is that right, Prof? Though they uh, they got yeah. they didn't they didn't foul anyone. <laughs> Surely that's one of the most embarrassing things. That means they can't touch them. That means they yeah. literally can't touch them. They haven't. They couldn't even get a tackle in. The no fail champions. The no Europe. fail champions. And they got a hundred grand for that. Ugh. Just oh, for no, sorry, no, no. one hundred fifty thousand. Just for being there. Not for the no fail thing. Are you serious? Yeah. And you get a hundred and ten thousand from winning the league. So that was. Oh, he is a puppet. Fucking Giovagnoli is a puppet. Think about it. <laughs> I'd say mid-game, they were looking up the rule book and they were got on the old telephone that was linked up to the to the dugout and they said to him, listen, no, don't you fail. <laughs> you don't fail. Not one. So we get a couple of quid for this. Unbelievable. Well, as for what else uh, Brazzer talked about, he, he covered Freud a bit. And, um, Are you still mad about him, is he? Maybe that what he said will make people soften on Freud a because he said that he wouldn't be used to our style yet. At UCD, he was hitting teams in the counter a lot. So, definitely deserves more time. He's ah, he's, he's he's played a handful of games, and he's a he's a good prospect. Bundles of ability. Yeah, definitely something there. And uh, he, I didn't realize that Brazier didn't know McPhail before he became. It's pretty cool, isn't Sporting it? director. He said he just met him, and then within the first couple of meetings, he just said, "Yeah, I want to work under this guy." Really good, yeah. It's interesting. We had a fantastic post by Owen Royce as well on Facebook going through Brazzers' reign. It took seven transfer windows to turn the team of Brennan's into FAI Cup winners. After nine transfer windows, they were champions and bidding to become the first invincible team since the 20s. So, uh, great stuff from Owen Royce as usual. Ever quotable. Yeah, this Owen was a Royce. really good analysis and timeline. Like he kept a list on the starting 11s yeah. each season. And you could see how the squad was just being improved. The likes of, you know, Ethan Boyle, no offence to him. Not a league winning player. And he gets replaced by, you know, Finner moves the wing back or Ryan Marshall if Finner's not there. But I think Adam Manis is probably, he's been mentioned more than anyone else. I've, when I've listened to the podcasts and I've listened to fans, he's been getting mentioned a lot. Huge. As, like, the, the key to a lot of this. It was, though. Yeah. It was, and we you know that Brad just spoke to him months before he actually came in. And it is, it's absolutely huge hmm. that he saw him back. And it's terrifying thinking about the team without him. It's very... Very much so a possibility in the next, I don't know, you could say six months to a year if he decides to walk away and, and the, the retire at, what, 39, nearly 40? So that's something that we need to be looking out for now, isn't it? Yeah. If you go back to the middle of 2018, like our, that's when our farm really picked up. That's when we started keeping clean sheets and we became hard to beat. It's just that it's remembered for that horrific week where we went out to draw it in the cup and lost the balls. Mm-hmm. But that's when Manus came in, you know. But um, Brazzer himself actually picked out Finner in his LOI Weekly interview. He said that was a turning point when he left on dock and came back to us. And he knew he could build on that. Yeah. Which Finner probably was a, a like a huge part of getting a lot of players in, I'd say. Don't they dispatch Finner? They're like, okay, we need this guy. Can't get him in. They just set Finner on him. Like, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so the rearranged Derry game was called off again, but one player and one member of the staff had COVID, so Derry announced that the game was off before consulting with the FAI, which resulted in a lot of confusion. The FAI did postpone it and said it would go to the disciplinary committee. So mm. another strange situation again. Um, Seemed like a bit of a fuck you to the FAI, didn't it? That they yeah. just announced it. 
without consultation. Um, yeah. Once again, it's just so much bullshit this year. It's just crazy to keep track of it. Like, but the FBI had said no more postponements in the league. It says as long as you have like 13, 14 fit players, play you're going to play the under nineteens if you. So have they to. pretty much said, listen, I'm not bringing them down there. Team is riddled with COVID. Mm-hmm. Derry had an outside shot of Europe though at that point. Yeah. Like they would have had to beat us, which was a tall order, but it was, it was, it was a chance, you know? Yeah, but the FAI basically, they had no room left in the league schedule, which had already been extended for Dundalk, but they did have room in the cup schedule. So Derry's game against Sligo in the quarterfinal the following Sunday, that wasn't forfeited, which, which initially was quite strange, I thought. Yeah. But I kind of kind of see the logic to it now but like some clubs some clubs have given out I saw Keith Long giving out in the programme saying that the rules should have been put in place from the start of the restart and they should have been in fairness no, he's always having a wins though there he? should have been like should have been established at the start what constitutes a postponement it's, oh, it's just a mess isn't it yeah it really was but anyway Prophets happy anniversary yep Timeline has been brilliant last day or two. So it's just it's one of those things where you just sit back and read through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, look at all the photos again. It's a year since we won the cup and um fucking great memories. Great bloody memories. I just can't I can't get sick of when Gary O'Neill the footage of Gary O'Neill uh, from behind as he takes the penalty yeah. and then he runs into the crowd. <laughs> I think I've seen it like seventy eight times and I've gotten goosebumps yeah. every time. It's brilliant. Really is. I think the one I loved was Joey and Grace. Grace yeah. was just looking away, didn't even watch it. And when he scored <laughs> it, I think Grace just grabs him. He's like, "Yeah, it's in. Yeah, yeah, it's in. It's in. Laser, laser, we won it." <laughs> so yeah, great memories again, and hopefully we can go on and do it with a win open harps, which is I'd love to go. I'd love to go. Unfortunately, it probably won't be the case. The so, bus still standing by, guys. Oh, it's it's collecting cobwebs at this stage. <laughs> so we beat Finn Harris Prof. Game of football finally in foot in Ballybofey and Ballybuffet on Sunday. And Sean Cavanagh made his fourth start since the cup final. And no Jack Bourne. Marshall's fourth league start since February. And Finn back in the middle of the park and a card of honour from Finn Harps and fair play to them. Fair yep. play to them. Had, Don't think uh, we would have got it anywhere else. Now our football wins. But uh, yeah, we had Aaron Bolger on the bench. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Stealing Greg's number six shirt. What's that? Oh, we don't know about that. Can you do that mid season? I don't, I don't approve of that now. It's one thing if he's left mid season, you can take some of the jersey. But an injured player. Oh, is that a is that does that mean anything? You He'd already know. been given the number seventeen shirt. So why oh, didn't yeah, he just wear seventeen? I don't know. Um, we consulted Mal. Uh, yeah, Berkey suspended for this one. I think I got about. Six FAI media emails in the last month saying that Graham Burke is suspended. Must be the longest one match suspension Jesus, of all yeah. time. I just every time I'd read it, it was like Burke suspended. <laughs> uh, Cabo, like you said, there. Great to see him back in the starting eleven. First start of the season, he had he did get a couple of games under his belt for the B team. But uh, Jack, we heard was was struggling a bit from from the virus. Still, still not quite ready. And uh, yeah, Harps were the in front team going into this, weren't they? Yeah, they were they six, really were. six unbeaten. Be- six unbeaten. Yeah. They uh, they congratulated us in their program notes, uh, as well as the card of honour. 
classy, very, very classy, uh, unlike some programmes. <laughs> we'll get to that later, but uh, they mentioned how some of our fans donated to them in the summer. and uh, so Which was the case as well. We gave a few quid to... I can't remember what it was. They said they were going to have a. They were going to be shaking buckets outside on our first the first fifties trip. We did a whip around as well. I think they gave me eighty or ninety quid from the bus. So yeah, um, are you really and even feeding the groundsman afterwards? Of course, absolute gent. Yeah. I think they got a nice. Uh, they got a karma, some Asian yeah. slaw, some lovely chicken. That was a thank you for winning the league for us. That's it. it. Yeah, a nice one. Keeping the pitch nice and pristine up there is like a cow patch, wasn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ, it was bad. Only thing I didn't quite uh, appreciate was what I said on the team sheet. Uh, sponsored by Donegal Liverpool Supporters Club. There's a special place in hell for them. <laughs> I don't know. At least they're sponsoring uh, the game. Jesus, lads, come on. So the pitch, do we have enough superlatives for this? No, I don't think so. It's uh, The game went ahead, put it that way. She probably shouldn't have, but I saw it described as like watching Match of the Day in the seventies. Yeah, it was just a mud bath. Um, so the weather had been poor over the weekend. Somehow passed the pitch inspection that morning. Bally Buffet is not exactly known for its its climate. <laughs> but, oh my god, so bad. Just no chance of playing our game in this pitch. No, no, I think that probably might have suited them, but uh, we went one up anyway in twenty three minutes. With the main man, Joey O'Brien. Uh, of course, he's uh, he can do it all, this fella. Scrappiest goal I've ever seen. Yep. I don't think he'd even touch the net. Quick reactions by Joey Frankenstein O'Brien. Joey Frankenstein O'Brien, yeah. I told him about that. He, he's embraced it now. Yeah. <laughs> he, he wore a Frankenstein sticker for Halloween. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, kind of the ball kind of bobbled around from the corner, didn't it? Green mm-hmm. clipped it in. Dino hit the bar and then Joey poked it home. So that was that was us one up, and the goals have come from all over the pitch. This yeah, season, Dino getting a start as well. Pretty good to yeah. see. The goals have really come from all over the pitch. So like our usual, usual back three have all chipped in. Four of our wing backs. Ooh, have, have has all, everyone have scored? scored. Barmas. No, everyone scored. Like Gary O'Neill and Scales, for example, they have not scored. Right. Scales. Scales did score for me. Yeah, lucky not to have that one credited to him, but. But um, yeah, fourteen different scores in in fifteen league games. Jeez, that's brilliant. Yeah. Superb stats again. Uh, even the last, I think, it was Maloney said this one to me. Even if you just look back at the last six games, it's like thirteen different players. Yeah, it's crazy. So Joey putting us ahead, and then not much else to kind of talk about in this game of football, bro. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, well, the rain thankfully stopped just before the second half. Uh, a few kit changes at half time. Because of the muddy jerseys and shirts or, or uh, shorts, uh, Dylan Watts was just totally covered <laughs> from head to toe. He was covered in muck. I say, Mal was busy. Uh, he wouldn't exactly be that heavy, ringing wet anyway. So <laughs> I think that added mud on. Jesus yeah. would have been half, doubled his weight. A few of them came out looking shiny the second half. But, um, the commentator says something interesting. Uh, the players are not allowed shower because of COVID nineteen. Yeah, so you had to go home like that. Four hours on the bus like that. Maybe it was a service station. I don't know that they came across, but our hotel, absolutely horrible. What a weird year. Yeah, so it's just, you can run around, grab each other, sweat on each other, slide around the pitch, but you can't have a shower. 
I don't know. It's yeah. fucked. 2020 once again is fucked. So we'd, we, uh, yeah, we had Ryan Connolly running around there. Ryan Connolly at Rovers. Uh, once a hoop, always a hoop. Carl Cairns, isn't that right? Every time I see him, I just think of Carl Cairns. I just laugh at him. I, I took particular uh, joy out of taking the piss out of Pat's fans and work because I was saying when they got when they got beaten by Harps, I was like, a fellow with nine toes scored the winner <laughs> against you. Like, I said, Ryan Connolly uh, yeah. pushes to the sword. Arguably a footballer. Mm. Remember the first... Bradford's first four signings, or at least I think I think Finner. His captains, his four captains: Dan yeah. Devine, Curry, Pico, Dan Devine, Curry, Pico, and, and Connolly himself. And Connolly, yeah, yeah, Connolly. I think Finner was first. I think they were the next four. Mm. But uh, yeah, one out of four ain't bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Cabo just scored right at the start of the second half, prof. Yeah, he was coming in from the left side. It seemed like he was just gonna. Slot at home, uh, but somehow didn't go in. Yeah. Once Should've again, it's only it's just good to see him in the team. Yeah, he's so versatile too. Isn't yeah, he? I, I mean, can do it all. He can play. He can. I tell you, he can play where Jack plays as well. I think he's that good. Yeah. Uh, we have debut as well, probably with you, Max Murphy, who had been impressing in the B team or the or Rovers too. Couple of players that have been impressing, and Max Murphy came on and he scored. Had a dream debut and scored in 69 minutes with a right-footed shot. It looked like it crawled in. But there was a lot of traffic in front of him, so keeper could have been blindsided. But it went he got the deflection, yeah. yeah. Nice yeah. nice finish and a big big welcoming hug from Greener. Only five minutes after coming on. It's a yeah. hell of a debut. It was himself and Darren Nugent. They were the two debutants, yeah. So it's good it's to see that we're actually pushing them into the force team now as well. We're not just kind of using them and then they fall down by the wayside. We're actually monitoring and keeping an eye on them. And if we think they've got potential, we're going to put them in. They're going to get minutes. He did feature in the pre-season, as in... Um which pre-season is this now? Is this the, the restart pre-season? Yeah. Uh, the, no, the initial um, I think it was the restart. Was the restart? Right? Either way, he was he, he was he featured. Nicked, yeah. He nicked a couple of goals, didn't he? Wasn't he the one? Who came, yes, yes. Wasn't he the one who came back from Southampton? Possibly. Uh, I think Stoke the comment. Maybe that was Sean Brennan. But either way, it's uh, yeah. Brazzer said he scored a couple of goals similar to this, where he came in on his right side. But uh, yeah, he's nineteen years old. He's from the Brack, so the Americans are happy. One of their own. Uh, a Rovers stronghold is the Brack. Plenty of hoops mm. from out that neck of the woods. And uh, yeah, so performances on the night. Prop. It's hard to t- it's hard to tell with these with these games. Like football, tend to take a back seat, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. If I had to pick out two, I'd say Joey and Dylan Watts. Maybe uh, were the standout performers. Watts is. Uh, I think it's all about mentality with him. I think if you can get in his head and get mm. him believing that he's actually as good as he is, I think that's half the yeah. battle with him. If you get him believing he's the main man again, yeah, I think that's that's what you need to be looking at. I mean, there's, there's no replacement for Jack Byrne, but Dylan Watts is capable of Definitely, slotting in yeah. there and becoming their main man. Once again, like we said, it's all about mentality, isn't it? Yeah, here's stuff, yeah. Go on. In 2014, the only player to score for both the Robbers Premier Division and First Division team. Oh, let me guess. I doubt you'll get this. Oh, not Lions, is it? Wouldn't be Lions. No, no, I don't think Lions even played no, for, the first, play for the first team. No, I don't think for the first team. Go on. It was Sean O'Connor. Wouldn't have got that. No. Wouldn't have even thought of him. So in 2020, the honour falls to Max Murphy. He scored for both the senior team and the first division team in the same season. Excellent. 
hopefully he continues to do it. Yeah. I think he's um or sorry, Nugent is was captain a good few times, wasn't he? Yeah for, for the B team. Yeah, definitely. I think he featured in pre season as well. But um so that's twenty two domestic games unbeaten Gar. I've been waiting a month to finally confirm this stat. It's our longest unbeaten domestic run since a run of thirty one from nineteen fifty six to nineteen fifty seven. Make sure you tell this to Bradshaw's his face now. He loved that one. It was given to Jamie Moore on commentary. No oh, mid commentary. And, uh, yeah, slid onto his lap. No credit, of course. Just he just gobbled it up and chewed it out there. Yeah, so uh, that was it. Anyway, two 0 and uh, we took. We as we as we said, we went out champions, and um, yeah, so a missed a missed away trip. Sorely missed away trip, but. Listen, Prophets, we're not going to see Rovers kick a ball in the flesh. Hopefully, hopefully we get to see them in the final, but other than that, I can't see it happening. So, we're going to move on now. We have the main man, former player of the year, former league winner. He is Stephen Rice. Okay, we're joined now by Stephen Rice, former Rovers midfielder and uh, under 19s coach as well. And um, we're actually meant to do this on Halloween night, but uh, you said you're on a bus to Leeds. Was that for a game? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was for a game. Yeah, we were in Leeds on a Sunday, Sunday, so we travelled Saturday. Um, not the outcome we wanted. We lost to a very good Leeds side. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was a long day, six six hours, I think, to Leeds uh, up and back, like you know. Yeah, obviously Halloween parties are uh, not really a thing at the moment with the the virus now. What was the last thing you dressed up as as a matter of interest? Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I dressed up as. Probably a pimp, <laughs> a scary pimp. Um, yeah, so that was it. I was actually on New Year's Eve. It probably wasn't even Halloween. Was that as a Roberts player now? No, I don't think so. I, I, Jesus Christ! No, I think I must have been only seventeen or eighteen. I'd say, um, Jesus. Well, yeah, that's a long time ago. Yeah, it might have been for a uh, year two thousand actually for the millennium. Jesus, how old are we getting? Yeah, the millennium might have been. Yeah, there you go. Actually, when we last won the title before this year, in 2011, remember we lifted the title that night, it was a 4-0 win over Galway. It was actually mm. a Halloween team that night and all. And I think the fans were dressed up as, as all sorts of things. I remember Carl Shepard had gone up to take a penalty for the fourth goal and the firework went off just as his run-up. But he didn't, right. he didn't take it away, though. I didn't put him off. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember the dressing up. Although a few lads in that changing room probably could have been conceived as they used to dress up every day coming in, some, some shocking clobber in their changing room. <laughs> but uh, it was the 10th anniversary there of the 2010 win on Thursday, in fact, 10 years to the day. So yourself, uh, Stephen Bradley as well, of course, part of that team. And we sealed the title in Bray. So it was a great night. What were your, I suppose, give us your memories of it again. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's probably... That was probably the the best night for me, as a uh, in 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 a Rovers jersey, the night in Bray, <clears throat> uh, probably very close to the first night in Tala. But I think I always remember it was a terrible, terrible game. We were terrible, and um, the pitch was terrible, the weather was terrible, and it was all um, it was a very edgy and nervy night, um, and it was just a case of getting over the line. Um, 
my, as I said, my memories of the game are, are very little. I've seen a couple of clips of Tommy's goal and Twiggy's goal. I remember we went 1-0 down. And, um, yeah, my memories of the night then probably were how ugly it was. And then the last kind of four to five minutes of the game, just knowing that I think Bowes had, you could hear it from the rover side that the Bowes game was done. Um, and, you know, you're just on edge because one goal obviously would have won it for Bray. And, and I always remember Gary Shaw torn in, in the last second of the game, the last kick nearly, and he got beyond me, he torn behind me, um, and he got a, sh- a shot on goal, but luckily for us, he, he shanked it, like, you know, Shawsy so kind of bobbled into Al's hands, I think, and, and that was as good as it, like, but look, it was, but in terms of once the whistle went, it was just a feeling of, I think, relief, more than anything, it had been so long coming for the club, um, for that group of players, um, I'd been at the club a bit at that point and kind of been in Talca and moved the talent and obviously they moved the talent and the emotion that went with that. Um, but that was a special night, a relief. And then you could see the joy. And I mean, God knows how many was in Bray that night, but it was just a, an incredible night. Um, and something I said, probably my most favourite night as a, as a Rovers player. It's probably one of uh, Twiggy's best goals, actually. I think the fans never get sick of, of watching that one back. It was such a tight angle. To score from, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was well. I I, I seen it the other day on, on a clip, and, and it brought it back to me that when you watch it back in the moment, obviously, I mean, it was so difficult. He was nearly on the byline, um, and to keep your look, I mean, Twiggy could do that to keep his composure in the in the biggest of scenarios, in the biggest of games, um, and that to be always killed. That was why he was so good. Um, many players would have, you know ran that out of play, played it off the defender, missed, and um, it was just always cool. And and that was such a huge goal for us, like, you know, because um it just it just settled everyone down a bit and kind of made it eleven play a level playing field again and, and but that that's why he was so good. We've been doing a, a player of the year series this year. We had actually had Greg Craig Sivez on uh <laughs> earlier in the year, two thousand eleven winner. Uh, you won the award in two thousand ten. What do you remember from the ceremony itself and going in? Did you think you might win? And then what was your reaction afterwards to actually getting it? Um, my re- memories of the actual um, <clears throat> the ceremony, I think it was in the Borlington that night, if I'm not mistaken. Was it the Borlington? Um, yeah, it might have been the Borlington that night. Um, going in, no, it wasn't something that, look at again, you know, the type of player that I was, you know, you, you were never that, you were never the player that, Got got the awards. You were never the player that was going to get the goals or the headlines, or you know even the the accolades as such. So it wasn't something that that drove me, or it wasn't something that it, it was something that I, it, I would have been conscious of going in or throughout the season. Um, but I, I remember, I think I was sitting with Ender. I think Ender beside Ender, and I suppose when 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 you're named in such a massive year for the club and it was such a, a big year for myself personally. Um, and what it meant to everybody and, and closing out the title after so long and just at the move into Tala. Yeah, I mean, I never expected it, to be honest with you, because you Twiggy and the team who was at the doing, had to having an incredible season, scoring all the goals, get, gets all the headlines and rightly so. Um, so to be recognised by obviously the players and, and the fans and stuff was was incredible for me because it wasn't something that uh, the, the my type of player would usually get, if that makes sense. So Rovers are going to lift the trophy uh, on Wednesday night. 
won't be mm. the same chaotic scenes that we saw in Bray with mm. Radzer up on Edel's shoulders and Paggio headbutting the choppy for some reason. <laughs> what do you think the players will be feeling in Tata without the fans? How strange do you think that will be? Yeah, look, it, there's not. <clears throat> excuse me. There's. It won't be the same, and it won't. And it won't. Like, but I mean, what will they be feeling? I mean, only the players and the staff know what goes into winning a title in terms of the the day in, the day out, and the and the the sacrifices that must be made to do that. So, although the fans won't be there, I'm sure that everyone will be celebrating at home. Everyone will be watching on TV and trying to make their own kind of um, COVID celebration of the title if you will in their own homes and I've no doubt the Rovers fans will do that and do it to the to the biggest extent possible um, but the players will will, will, will love it uh, you know look, there's no better feeling knowing that you've gone the length of the season you've been the best team in the country um, and, and look again it's taken time to get to this um, it's, it's been a it's been a world coming but in some ways that makes it even sweeter and look at the players love it They've deserved it. They, you know, they've been the best team by a mile. Um, and uh, look, I it, there's no point in me saying it will be the same and it, it won't be the same, but it won't mean any less to the players to know that you've achieved what they've been striving for for, for, for such a long time and, and the club and the fans. But I mean, Rovers is, is particularly special because the fans and the connection and the, and the big thing in Bray and in Tala that night and when we have the Europa League and the big is the connection between the two and the players been able to be in with the fans having a drink celebrating and, and at the end of the game on the pitch and all that the specialty in Bray of players intermingling with fans and everyone just is together um, and feeling the emotion of how much it means to people who have sacrificed their life um, is a special part of it and that, that will that will not be there unfortunately but it won't mean any less uh, to the players and the staff and, and to the fans at home, I'm sure. But um, but look, Liverpool have to do it. Um, so, you know, it's it's something that I think we're going to have to get used to for the foreseeable future and certainly until probably uh, next year anyway. You were a part of the academy, obviously, for, for a number of years. <coughs> you've, se- you've seen up close the amount of work put in by this management staff up at Rosestone from morning till night. They've been building towards this achievement for a long time now, haven't they? Yeah, um, there's been a, there's been a I suppose a, a lot a lot of a lot of investment, um, a lot of work, a lot of investment of money, a lot of investment of time, a lot of investment of um, unnoticed probably uh, ugly work as such if you want to call that that people don't see, um, and, and I mean you know you look someone like Shane Robinson who, who who's done incredible, um, who's you know, initially with the academy and got it off the ground and got it running, deserves huge credit. And obviously, Ado's been there a long time as well. And then Brad's obviously was was part at the start at, at that point in the academy. So it has taken a long time, um, and people knocked it, and and people like to knock things. That's that's okay. But I think now for me, last night um, on a long journey home, you're getting to see. I mean, for me, seeing Dara Dara Nugent come on. Um, you know, see uh, Thomas Alua come on, you know, Brandon come on. Like, these are all players from the academy, you know, that have come through. And, and obviously they've been out of clubs as well, but, you know, they've come through and they've been at the club for several years. And and uh, it's it's really nice to see that, the, the, I suppose, the fruits of what have ha- what has happened in the academy over the last several years 
not only the first team successful players are coming through and having an impact. Dean, I was another one, Dean Williams, who for me has been excellent when he's played this season and, and a really uh, uh, top talent. And obviously, being this is our first title since the Michael Neal era of 2010-11, comparisons then tend to be made between you know the current team and that side that reached the group stages. So it might be too hard to say who would win in a match. That's our question. But I mean, how strong is this team now, especially with the style of football being played under Stephen Bradley? Yeah, they are. They're very strong. And look, there's no doubt, I think, comparisons and stuff. They, like, I mean, for me, it's a different time. The game is different. The game has evolved in, in the last 10 years drastically. The development of how we have developed our young players has evolved. Um, and it's a different game to 2010 and 2011, particularly in the League of Ireland. You, you, you know, the styles of play of most clubs now are very different to what they were 10, 12 years ago. Um, so comparisons relative to the era are key when you make comparisons. It's not just say who's a better team. Um uh, I mean, certainly when I look in the depth of the, the squad now, it's a, probably a lot stronger than what the depth we had in our squad. Um, uh, I, I mean, you have Jack and you have internationals in the squad and Pico and stuff and players that are playing international, but we didn't have that. Um, so, but look at again, uh, the, the squad have done great and it's great to see, but it's difficult to make comparisons, to be honest. Like, certainly individually technically the, the squad now are, would have been way ahead of what we were um but then there's other, other qualities that we would have had that were probably more relevant back in 2010 and um, to the league at that time yeah obviously you had a long league of Ireland career yourself in terms of the quality of football would this be up there amongst the best you've seen um well yeah definitely yeah um unfortunately since i've moved to london a bit of issues with me Wi-Fi and connections to League of Ireland past and stuff. So I've not been able to see, unfortunately, the, the, the last few games. Um, but certainly before I came, um, what, three months ago or two and a half months ago, definitely, I mean, yeah, the style of football has been really good. But, look, you know, we can... It, it's about winning games at Shamrock Rovers. It's about... And, and, the, and, and, and the lads have been able to merge the sto- a certain style... And then the ability to win games with that, like because it's well and good having a good style of play, but you've got to win games at at Channel Rovers. The club is about winning, and the lads have taken the time to get to this point now where they found that formula of being able to win games aligned to a certain style of play. And definitely, I mean, they're certainly in terms of style of play, the Dundalk team of obviously that that successful team of 2014, 15, 16. It's certainly. Um, on a par with that team or certainly even ahead of that team uh, um, in terms of the style of play. But again, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's playing a style of play, but being able to win within that style of play is not easy. Uh, you left the role as a uh, Roberts on the 19s coach. You moved on to uh, Crystal Palace where you've been for uh, a couple of months now. So tell us about the new job and uh, how you've settled in London. Yeah, so I've been here now nearly what, two and a half months or so. Um, I've moved in as uh, under twenty three assistant coach. Um, with the basically the under twenty three is is the reserves here. Um, it's been um, yeah, as I said, I, I left Rovers in January. I, I've done two years with the seventeens and one year with the nineteens, and uh, great great time, great learning for me as a head coach and to be able to lead groups and and develop a, a, I suppose a, a styles and systems of play from 
from my own perspective. Um, and then this opportunity was um, came up. I had another opportunity of a different uh, UK club in, in in February, which I which I didn't take. Uh, and then lockdown happened, and, and this opportunity arose, and kind of uh, applied and done an interview, and, and and came over and done an interview and a pitch session and stuff, and and was was fortunate enough out of a, out of a lot of applicants to to, to get the job, um, and it was too good to turn down. I, I want to be the best the best coach I can be, and and as I said, I was ten years in the FAI, delivering coach education, working in various international teams, helping out where I could having a little stint with the women's senior team, working with Rovers. Um, and this was the next natural step for me to really progress and develop as, as a coach and to work with the best, you know, walking around. Obviously, you know, the manager here is Roy Hodgson um, in terms of incredible experience, um, working with top players, working with Sean Derry, who's the manager here. Huge experience, huge knowledge, and and you're learning every day. Paddy McCarthy's here as well. Um, as the 18s manager, you're just around football people learning and in a full-time setting. Um, and for my development, it's already in two and a half months, uh, improved me massively as a, as, a, as a coach. In terms of, I suppose, comparisons with the setup at Rovers, Palace is obviously a top Premier League club, so it might be on a, a different scale. But, I mean, what sort of things have impressed you that maybe you wouldn't see at home? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's it's no it's no secret, and we're just about to actually move into a, a new training ground, a brand new state of the art training facility. Well, a redevelopment of the old one in the next week or so, and like I think, I mean, you know, it's, it's probably twenty million at the been spent on that. So certainly in terms of uh, facilities, structures, um, you know, uh, England is way ahead of 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 where of where Ireland is. Um, and, and probably Rovers are the exception to that at home in terms of what what's happening with Roadstone. In that, you know, they've got the pitches and they've got things a lot what a lot of other League of Ireland clubs don't have. But certainly, I suppose the the full time setting, the ability to have young players in a full time environment, to have them every day, so they can commit to that every day. You know, we seventies and nineties obviously at Channel Rovers, but you've got these boys three, four nights a week, half six in the morning, they're running off to school, they're walking, some of them are starting work, starting college. You, they cannot commit to being full-time professional footballers by being on a building site all day or being in an office all day or getting a trade and then coming at night. It's very difficult. Um, so the, not only the facilities, but the ability to make our younger players full-time is a necessity, I think, moving forward. Um, and when I say us, I mean in Ireland um, and hopefully at, at somewhere like Shamrock Rovers and the bigger clubs that are, it's possible for them to dock, um, to get the facility first and foremost. And that's the biggest thing I've seen here. And then the ability to have players and to give them the chance to be a full-time professional, to commit their lives and everything they do to being a professional player is, is the big thing that stood out for me over here. Of course, London is the scene of uh, one of the best <coughs> moments of your career, possibly the best. So, mm-hmm. does it make you smile when the anniversary rolls around every year and someone sends you that clip of uh, White Hart Lane? Yeah, it does. It's uh, yeah, it's mad to think it's so long ago now. Um, obviously, it's you know it's been much, much talked about, and and most of it, and it is most of what you know when when it comes up about Rovers. If you're doing an interview, it is the. The question that always comes up, and 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 my answer is always the same. It was an incredible moment for me and my family and my nan at the time, but still for me individually, that was an amazing moment because 
again, I, I wasn't renowned for scoring goals, as you well know. Or, um, but the night in Bray for me was, was still a bigger night uh, in terms of it being it meaning so much, you know, it meant so much to everybody. Um, and I knew the, the, the struggles that the club had had and I'd been in talk and you'd seen the, the progress and I'd been under Pat Scully and <laughs> had all that and you you know, and potentially leaving and staying and all the messing that went there. And and then to get to that moment that you knew you were striving for from when we saw him was incredible. But yeah, look, the Spurs night was something that, I say all the time, when I moved home from England, you think you're not going to get that chance to play in in these big arenas in the Premier League and and uh, and for me moving home you, and and our young boys are considered as failures when they move home. It's perceived in Ireland that when our young players return, it's a failure. And when you look at the likes of Jack and Borky and all now, and you know players are torn in that mindset or that perception of coming back from England is not always a failure. It's just a step sideways to maybe jump back across. Um, but I came back and, and the perception is, oh, well, you failed because you've come back from England. Um, so that opportunity to, to then fulfil that dream of playing at these brilliant stadiums um, as much as playing in the League of Ireland I loved, they're not that, that facility. It's not that stadia. So to play in front of a full house on nearly a, a White Hart Lane and then to top it off the score um, was something that, yeah, you'll, that, that moment, that second it hits the net, it's a feeling that, You'll never, I'll never forget. I know that. Um, and then, just so happens that you're 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 wheeling away into five, six thousand lunatics in the corner, like you know, going absolutely uh, bananas, like which was which was amazing. And it just added to it that I was in that corner, and um, you know, uh, I didn't even think about it. It was just natural for me to go that way, um, and it just turned out to be an incredible moment. And I suppose that whole game was 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 brilliant for the club and. Um, yeah, and it's 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 weird that you're back in London now, um, uh, in that where, where that moment happened. Uh, Dundalk found themselves in North London there last week playing Arsenal. Mm. Uh, Roberts took on AC Milan uh, a couple of months ago in Europe as well. Did you check out either of these two uh, glamour ties? Yeah, yeah, I did. I watched I watched the Rovers game. Um, I didn't get to see the Dundalk game because a couple of meetings this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, look at. You couldn't help in some ways, not not just for not just for the players, but for the club. Uh, that it's such a massive toy that if we weren't in these times, that it would have been even bigger, you know. And the club would have been able to, uh, I suppose, maximise the toy uh, financially and and in many other ways. Um, but it's still brilliant. It's still a brilliant. Um, a brilliant toy for the club and I thought we we coped really well with what are one of the top teams in the in the world um and the, and, and I thought done the league proud and I think Dundalk have done the same you know it's fantastic to see any Irish club doing well getting through rounds but it's start we need to now find that consistency as League of Ireland clubs Dundalk have done it a bit more now but certainly as Rovers Dundalk and I know it moves to a three-tier system next year in Europe um, which will hopefully allow our Irish clubs to start being more consistent in Europe and start, uh, I suppose, dipping our toe in there or leaving our foot in instead of dipping our toe in um, into that European scene and be more consistent to, to to then be able to develop our younger academies more and, and, and to give us a better chance to create a model like a Rosenberg or that type of model. That's perfect. Thanks, thanks a lot for your time, Stephen. Much, much appreciated. No worries, Carl. Thanks for that. Yeah, enjoy the evening. Thanks. You too, buddy. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.
So that was Reuter, and uh, as humble as ever, yep. and uh, fantastic serving for Shamrock Rovers, and still plenty of fans' favorite player of all time. Yeah, he's a legend. Definitely, and, uh, I think. And tell me this: another. Can, can you even talk about this? Would he fit into this team? In maybe like the Greg Bolger yeah. or Gary O'Neill. Do you think so? Roll. Some fans would say he can't pass water, but could he fit into this team? I think he could. I think Gary O'Neill is a better passer for the ball, yeah. for sure, but who knows? Yeah. So, yeah, he you was... You always uh, do with his heart, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. You, those are players that drive a team. Definitely, They're yeah. prices, though. 100%. They're few and far between as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we talked a bit about Halloween there. Uh... I I'd know trick or treaters in my house, care anyway. I don't know about you. No, but. none, none. My kids didn't but even uh, go. Sad. That real. That's that's twenty twenty summed up. Yeah. We we do ten k easy. Mm. We're like marathon trick or treaters. Not a chance. Not not this year. Not once. Two the other two yeah. kids didn't even dress up. My dressed up. Went out for a little walk and that looked at the bonfires and stuff like that. But no. Mm. But even if I did have someone knock my door, they wouldn't have stayed. Look for sweets because what I did was I set up the doorbell. To play Jacko's laugh, so if they hear that, they just run off. Best it, it, laugh ever, and plus they probably terrified. know this house as the creepy uh, murderer's lair. So uh, the guy with the, the cat, the guy, yeah, crazy <laughs> cat guy who murders people and has a dungeon. <laughs> but yeah, so he was very complimentary of our performance against the Lamprof, um, which he couldn't be, he could not be like he would, he would be super uh, anal when it comes to analysing games, and that's his thing, isn't it? analysing games and giving mm. seminars on them so it's great to hear him be complimentary on that because his knowledge would be pretty superior to us anyway how to break down games and really look at them through a microscope yeah he talked about moving to London because he wants to be the best and and you can see him end yeah it's a huge move huge move and great opportunity for him as well so we wish yeah. him all the luck in the world so uh, yeah elsewhere in the Europa League prof great staff from Maloney Aaron Green had more shots on target against Milan than Celtic so <laughs> um, Celtic are struggling hashtag fuck Celtic yep um, our asterisk is better than theirs as well by the way because we weren't awarded the league <laughs> <laughs> we completed the schedule now the uh, games well, don't say it yeah we haven't done it yet so yeah don't dog Rintala again and they lost to Mould Mould and they didn't commit a foul in the game versus Arsenal so they got 150,000 <laughs> I can't believe it got 150,000 for me and that shit they couldn't make a foul or even put their hands on an Arsenal team fucking hell yep isn't that like giving a uh, isn't that like a sympathy thing at the end of the race in school and there's always the worst kid ever and he comes miles last and they give him a medal now cut that shit out <sighs> So, yeah, the fake Mick McCarthy is set to take over Applewell in Cyprus. So there is the dream job at that age. Yeah. In the sun, gorgeous city, lovely, just just a great, great spot, great spot. And even if you guys get the sack or leave, I'm sure you can have a little spot down there. You can retire in as well, so. I love these, I love Irish, former Irish managers just taking jobs in random European it's deadly, places. Isn't it? I love it. They never seem to last long, but I enjoy it when it happens. I can imagine uh, what's the what's the language in Cyprus. There's a question for you. I think Greek in in some parts. Yeah, anyway, so think, uh, you can imagine his accent, couldn't you? Trying to get the local dialect. Yeah. 
the Conan Board Initiative for a great idea. Uh, reaching out to all the fans in lockdown, so it's a it's pretty cool. I'm into that. This this was pulling on the old hair strings now. Yeah. Did, have you, did you read this thread? I this. didn't read it all, but I read the the first couple of ones. Yes, yeah, it was something else, but. Uh, from the Raw end of things, uh, you got Brazzer, Ring and Merrow, you got Finner, McAniff, then Gary O'Neill, all, all making calls. Greener rang Dangerous Dave. I know. I'd say that was a good one. Waiting on my phone call. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling waiting. a bit lonely. Yeah, I'm feeling lonely. I'm, I could do with a call. I mean, us frontline workers, we, we, we get lonely. Well, Joey did ring me three times, but that wasn't to, <laughs> that wasn't for my loneliness. The less we said about that, the better. That, that was something else. The SOS party is out there, Joey. Please stop. <laughs> We're trying our best. For God's sake. Yeah, <laughs> no one has any idea what we're talking about. But. Uh, so, the documentary, Puff, I want to know how this is going because... Yeah. Um, has it hit a snag? Uh, have you stopped in its tracks? What's going on here? We stopped because of the level five. Yeah, unfortunately, we did. We snuck in one interview, just as the lockdown was coming in, right. and that was in the wax switch room. The in wax ta- switch room. No creepy washroom. No, no creepy stairwell or prof's dungeon. Have you ever seen this place? The wax switch room. Is it full of rovers gear? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, steady. Yeah, it's very good. And Wack is so proud of it. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. A he, he, I'm guessing he gave the tour when he went oh, there. Oh, got the Big tour, yeah. Big beaming smile on his face. Got the tour. It was, yeah. He just he randomly asked me as we were sitting down. I was like, why do you hate Celtic? <laughs> <laughs> I had to explain. I was like, no, I don't hate Celtic. And I'm you just, can imagine his big, bemused yeah. head just looking yeah. at you. Why do you like, hate him? It's like, no, no, no. I hate the Irish obsession of Celtic. Let's be clear about this. But, uh, and the no, fact that they just get given leagues. No, but the <laughs> no, but that was actually the the proper interview with the whack. Uh, at the start of the thing, we put up a picture of him sitting in Tyler Stadium. That was only a little intro. This was the this was like a full on hour and a half thing. And so he broke the record. Mick McDarrah was an hour and twenty minutes. We've had a couple of long ones. So we've interviewed about, I think, four ex players so far. And the rest are fans. Whack used to be on the board, of course. We were just about to get into the real nitty and gritty of, you know, the takeover and the GAA and Thomas Davis. We are going to go through the board and then the lockdown just came in then. Tell me you have the picture of Maloney shaking his hand up in Derry. Oh, that's going in. That has to yeah. go in. Yeah. I haven't thought of why to put it in. All I don't know is it's going in. A turning point in the I'm going to shoehorn in a reason to include that clip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Maloney yeah. saying, I told you, told you to move to Milltown, move to Milltown was wrong. <laughs> Rob Tarby shaking the flag. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, we're actually a bit light on um, 90s footage, so there's another reason to include that. In. Do you know what you could yeah. put in as well if you, if you think of it, if it comes around? We were on Football Monday all before. Ray Kenny was on it and he was in that's his fire right, yeah. in his fire truck. That's another one you could kinda yeah. source. That's the one where Noel King was on it and he was Do you know who could possibly he have was defending that? the selling of Mill now? Fucking asshole. Yeah. You could find that off one of our friends who's a VHS enthusiast. Yeah, that would be ironic now if I have to ask him <laughs> Could I you, use one of your clips? You wouldn't get it. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. Well uh uh, yeah, so it's all it's but, um, it'll, co- it'll be fantastic when it does. And this is, I've been I've been prodding Prof saying I want to look after the premiere. Yeah, we were 
like this is going to be a big thing like it's going to be invite only premiere hadn't like a big screen somewhere like it's going to be big you know we were hard at it there for like two months it was this was like every saturday and sunday every time there was a game we'd be doing stuff before the game a lot of, a lot of prep was into it like we, we were on course to finish the interviews before christmas and then there's the, the big editing process which god knows how long that will take <laughs> yeah but the aim, the aim was kind of to have it ready before the start of next season Unfortunately, this, I don't know if this will delay us. Have you seen Get Shorty, this, the series? No. There's a, Chris O'Dowd is in it and he's just stumbles his way onto a film set, ends up becoming the producer and he's in the editing room for like three days taking pills, trying to stay up, getting <laughs> crazy and I imagine that's going to be yeah. you sitting there trying to get things right. One thing for sure is uh, Young Kane, who, who's co-producing this with me, he will hate me. Good. By the time... when Hook when, it to the veins. When we're editing this... We, we won't even be friends anymore. Wait till I get a hold of him for the Tifty time trial. You're going to hate him even more then. So that's the documentary anyway. So keep your eyes peeled for yeah. that. Because it's going to be an occasion and a half. There will be a bit of a challenge coming up actually. Because we were purchasing RTE archival uh, stuff. Oh wow, I didn't even know that. And yeah, it's all... It's all mil- There's a bit of RDS, but it's mostly Milltown. And... the the Ferrari around setting a mill town and it actually is quite expensive so we're hoping for a bit of generosity from the rover support we'll, we'll put up in a few weeks time yeah if people are willing to donate because it, it is it's quite hefty best best way to do it would be a GoFundMe wouldn't it yeah GoFundMe yeah. rover's documentary you'd have it in no time hopefully no people can show us a few quid there because it will, it will make a massive difference to the overall documentary if we can get that stuff in so have we got a name for this documentary? Have you? Yep, it's called Take Me Home. Take Me Home, yes. Love it. Absolutely brilliant. So that is it for the doc. And uh, on to other news now, Prof. Air Tristy aren't going to sponsor Lee Ireland from next season. Apparently we had to drag them kicking and screaming back into the sponsorship fold last year. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's it's actually quite a good opportunity to get the name of your, your company out there, <coughs> Ocean Electrical. <laughs> The Ocean Electrical League. <laughs> it is. It's, it's plastered everywhere. Like, and everybody yeah. seems to know. Well, a lot of people still call it the Aircom League. Yeah. But it's a huge platform to get your business out there or whatever. Whatever you want to get out there, so. Yeah, like it's said a million times throughout the year, isn't it? A million times, yeah. yeah. To thousands of people, so. Definitely something for, a, a, like, a, a an up-and-coming company, you could say, so. You might bring back the Aircom League or the, or the Chicken League or. The, what was it, the Kentucky Fried Chicken yeah. League. Is that what it was? The the bank the baked beans league, so yeah it's Galway and Longford in the fourth division playoff final in the UCD Bowl on Friday, so uh, really really hope Galway can do it. Why not Athlone or Sligo there as a neutral venue? Why why was it? I, I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe they just taught the best pitch, best pitch, and they give them both a chance. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what it was. Decent setup there. Um, that was crazy. though, wasn't the way that all unfolded. Like, <sighs> did you see the permutations beforehand? I actually couldn't read them. They were just... It was nuts. It melted my mind. It was nuts. But, uh, yeah, if you go back to August, Galway were second from bottom when Caulfield took over. Cab and TD were top, right? Cabo ended up finishing seventh. And now Galway in the playoff final. What the hell happened there? Cabo just blew. Man. I think they cost me a few quid in a bet mm-hmm. there as well. They were, they were nailed on to win. Well, they were in the playoffs... But then Wexford won their appeal. And so then Cabo and uh, what club was it? 
Oh, Galway. Mm. Yeah, they swapped. And, uh, yeah, like, even going to the last day, seven clubs involved in either the title race or promotion. It's crazy, isn't seven it? Seven out of ten. So the winner of Galway and Longford goes on to play Harps, Shells or Pats, maybe? Or is that what we're talking about? Well, Harps have Waterford in the last day. So you reckon they... I think Harps will take them. I think it'll beat them. Shells have us. We'll beat Shells out Tolga. So... And then how can Pats get drawn in? Let's just go on how Pats can get drawn into this. I know Let's you really want that. Pats involved, but I don't. How can Pats, Pats are get just drawn? nothing. They've done dark. They've us. Pats are so terrible, they can't even be with a chance of Europe or relegation. <laughs> they just <laughs> have to be right there doing nothing, contributing nothing. Yeah, absolute wasters. But they've got they've got us, they've got balls, they've got Dundalk. Like, that's that's tough last three games. They lose all of them. They can go down. And we will get that banner. We will have it. It will be mine. It will be mine. Oh, the... The Never Relegate. But our B team as well. Rovers 2 finished the season with a scoreless draw in Cove last week. And once again, the compliments were flying. And they defended really well to keep a clean sheet. Apparently, Cole Lippmann was absolutely yep. fantastic. He was getting praise from one of the Cove players I think yeah and, playing centre half was he and some of their fans as well were, were somewhere it. where we could definitely use a youngster coming up in the world as a as a um, centre half say his name again Coley Morgan <laughs> that's uh, the Irish pronunciation of it you're practically singing it there <laughs> Uh, the previous week prof the B team had beaten at Long 3-1 in Tala same team that beat Shells 4-1 in the FAI Cup just thought I'd throw that in there <laughs> uh, a brace by Thomas Olua and yet another Brandon Kavanagh goal so Cavo's tally up to 9 and I mean the players have played worse and gotten moves for money aka Don Cowan who like Stevenage bought for 60k off of Longford Um. So you're looking at he could get a move. He could get out of here. So you talking about Lewis or Kavanaugh? Uh Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh could yeah. easily get a move out of the performances from this year. Like yeah, another cracker as well from outside <laughs> the box. He, <laughs> He's got them in him, hasn't he? He doesn't do ordinary goals, does he? Can he set? The, can he step up? Here's the, here's a quick little mid conversation. Can Cavo step up into this team? Into can his creative influence be as good as it is in the B team in the fourth division? And can he step up? It's a tough one, isn't it? Mm. I didn't think so now before I saw him step up into the B team and start playing regularly and this is the first time he's had regular football at a competitive level like which injury or suspension to what player would you bring in Brando that's that's what they're talking about like he is a jack isn't he he's in that role where I think Ray Whelan and Maloney will tell you where he's kind of just told you get in there and do what you want and you have a free role and it suits him and he's playing Mm. his best football there so we probably wouldn't give him that type of freedom it must have been intentional, wasn't it, to, to kind of not feature Brando in the senior team that much. It seemed like it just they left him to the B team. But it, yeah, whereas, I think so. He was their Dino, talisman, wasn't he? Yeah, whereas Dino was like, he was in both squads some weeks, wasn't he? But they have they have big plans for Dino. I think Dino mm-hmm. could potentially make the step up and be a, a regular goal scorer for over. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Court was in the game again, become our youngest ever senior, debutante passing Kevin Zeffi from earlier in the season Sam was born the 1st December 2005 in a great game in defence and a big big 15 year old well 14 14 yeah he's, horse of a fella he's turning 15 in or uh, next month yeah horse of a man so uh, so great yeah. stuff we don't want to um, 
we don't want to be hypocrites in the show because I actually remember sitting here with you and talking about <laughs> Ferguson, the balls player. Oh, we shot um, over them. And we said that 14 is too young. And I still kind of do, but... No, it's great. Love it. But at the same time, I, I'm no expert and I have people like Brazzer coming out and saying that the game has kind of moved on a bit and now some players that age can have the physical ability to play men's football. Yeah, I think it has. Like, if you looked at him and you saw, let's say, put it this way, let's say you saw him in a game, 90 minutes, in the B team and you you knew that mostly all the players are in around 17 and 18, he played well and you said, Jesus, he, he had a good game, didn't he? And you didn't think anything of the game bar the performance and mm. then someone turns around to you and goes, he's 14. And then, are you outraged? Even though he, he he fit in the whole time, didn't look out of place, didn't get yeah. injured, like a man, like like everybody says, a big build. Like, is it then you get outraged because you're here the age? I think I don't know. I'm waiting for somebody to dig up me shitting all over Ferguson and then saying yeah. this. I'm gonna trust the experts. Yeah, and apparently it's not that outrageous. I don't think so. I think uh, he doesn't look out of place. Put it that way. Hmm. We know his dad, Darren. Uh, as a former Rovers player, actually. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, he has three three brothers in our books. Ooh. Oh, I know these ones. These are yeah. the guys that came from Kevin's, aren't they? This is some Rovers family, isn't it? Yeah. So he took the he took Ferguson's record as apparently the youngest ever League of Ireland player. I've no idea who can possibly verify these things, but <laughs> you'd imagine so. Yeah, a fourteen year old. Uh but Zeffi was probably grateful that he didn't score. So Zeffi holds on to her to the youngest goal scorer record. Lovely. So it's Zeffi's another person I want to see before more than likely he's going to get taken off our hands. But we've another starlet taken off our hands with Sinclair Armstrong joining QBR and he's 17 and he's been playing in the fourth division side. He'll receive FIFA training and development compensation rather than a transfer fee. So we'll get something out of it. And he uh, scored in his debut. Scold and assist on his debut for whatever team he's in, 23s or whatever way it works. Yeah. So he's uh, he started off well. And uh, yeah, so good luck to Sinclair. And I think he's an, I think he's a Lucan man, very possibly. Yeah. So two years since his senior debut for us and his one and only appearance. Yeah, Jesus. Will we, will we just wrap it now? Yeah, it's a, uh, <laughs> it worked out in the end. He got, we got the transfer fee from in the end. Yeah. And so, like, not even amongst our standout players. No. In that in that first division side. Definitely not from 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 reports anyway. We move on to Jack anyway, and he won player of the month award for September and he won our one as well, didn't he? He won the Rovers one as well. So mm. it's been a great month for him, bar getting COVID. And um Bradzer says we made a fantastic offer in a bid to keep him. So we've done everything we can. Mm. We have officially done everything possible to keep Jack Bourne at the club and if he wants to leave, well that's up to him. He wants to go on and Possibly further his career, as they might say, but to come out with a fantastic offer like that and to keep him happy at home with his family and friends, I think another two years at Rovers wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. He'd be 26, still another eight years ahead of him football-wise. I think he should just stay here and be happy. Obviously, we're going to say that, but uh, it's it remains to be seen what's going to happen it with Jack. It's like the Ireland thing is always, it's always in the balance whether or not he plays for Ireland. Like in the case of Graham Burke, I think when he got those two caps, that kind of pushed him through with the press. Yeah. It? Whereas in Jack's case, it's like 
if he had got the caps, does that mean he would have left? But or, if he, or if yeah. he got them, does that mean oh I can I can play for Ireland and play for Rovers at the same time? Yeah, it would be great if he did play for Ireland and Rovers at the same time, and that wasn't a stumbling block. But it seems to be, and the fact is that someone else's opinion on whether like the, like the first team manager Stephen Kenny calling him up or not can sometimes sway a different manager to buy him or, or not. Do you get me to take a chance on him for a different club? So they'd be like, oh well, if you're getting called up for Ireland. Maybe you'd take a chance on but so you're pretty much basing your transfer your transfer move on Kenny's decision. If that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. So I, I think it's a bit it's a it's a bit silly, but I'm hoping we can keep him because he's been inspirational. Did Best player I've ever seen play with Roberts. Did you see the picture of him when he was presented the award? Yeah, it's great. Tracksuit and loopy laces. Loopy laces, yeah, and then the Probably, probably straight out of out of bed in his back garden. I wonder who brought it over to him actually. <laughs> just delivered it over in the hazmat suit. Yeah. That's actually the fourth time he's won it. So he's equal to Gary Twig's four player of the month awards. And Twig had them in four seasons and Jacko's had them in two. True. If that's sound, there's a stat. Yeah. Who needs your prof? Who needs you? Came up with that on the spot, did you? There you go, on the spot. Might, might have to murder you on the sly. So. Happy <laughs> having you out the only. He's just reaching towards the fake book now <laughs> that opens up the staircase. And into the dungeon yeah so uh, Bradzer's quote I know he can play for Ireland Jack knows he can he needs just time on the pitch to prove it and he will we have to be careful Stephen has done a job Stephen has a job to do he picks the teams and he makes the subs as he sees fit and we've got to respect that he's the manager of Ireland for a reason I know that he really likes Jack and when Jack gets his chance he will take it there's a lot of people who aren't League of Ireland fans who think it's an LOI witch hunt to get him in the team it's not about that watch his games in Holland you can see Jack is destined to play for Ireland and he will do when he does, he'll show us what he can do. So, great stuff from Bradzer once again. Um, should we progress past Finn Harps in the FAI Cup quarterfinal on Saturday the 14th of November? We will play the winners of Sligo Rovers versus Derry City Tallah Stadium in the FAI Cup semi-final. Bowls are Dundalk travelled that long in the other semi. So, tell me this, Prov. Do you want a derby? Dublin derby in the final? Is it something... You could, do you know what? I don't, I, I don't think I could live with the bullshit propaganda coming out of Dublin Seven. I think that'd be the most frustrating thing. Well, I'm actually quite confident. So I want balls in the final. Oh yes. Yep. Could you imagine? But then again, if, where where are we gonna watch it? Like if we can't go to it, it'd be even worse. See, so here's my reason why. I want balls to get to the final this year because it's not at the Aviva. <laughs> So we can still say. So you can still say. I haven't seen the inside of the Aviva. <laughs> and we beat them in the final. You're, uh, you're, it shows no, shows no levels. Your, uh, your disdain for balls. I'm a bitter, bitter man. Bitter man. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned earlier at Lawn that was the shock of the week, wasn't they beat shells four four one. one Dean George Hattrick absolutely uh, pasting shells and then cue the rumours today of mayhem in their dressing room punches thrown boxing the head off boxing each other. the head off each other fucking boots everywhere teacups all over the place that's at Lowen's first FEI Cup semi-final since 1998 wow and who did they beat as a, as a first division club in the quarterfinal that season under Liam Buckley in 1998 oh god tell me they beat us. They beat us. Was that the they one? They humiliated us, not Gazelle. What score was that? 2-1. So anyone with those stories who were at that game, yeah. definitely get back to us with any anecdotes. 
or anything about that. I think Waterford had knocked us out the year before as well, and they were first vision club. So there's just two examples of Jesus. two years getting knocked annual out humiliation club. during the 32 <laughs> yeah. years without the cup. So it's all about the cup now and invincible as well. We want to be invincible. We want to stay invincible. Um, we want to go unbeaten in the league. But the cup is yeah. the big one, isn't it? It's it's all about the cup now. So I mean, anyone who says invincible, it's, it's obviously a bit of tongue in cheek there, because it's eighteen games. But no, no, it's it, not. It, if it that's is. the case, your tongue should be in your cheek for talking <laughs> about the league title. Then, but it is unbeaten. No matter what you say, if you go unbeaten in a season, home and away, playing every every team twice, that's an unbeaten season. Invincible. And it's not been done since us in the twenties. It's a fact. Invincibles, yeah. A hundred years. Whether it's 18 games, 27, 36, unbeaten is unbeaten. Yeah, that's it. That's the way you have to look at it, prof. I mean, someone says to you, played 18 games, uh, didn't lose one, you'd say, well, you're unbeaten. <laughs> so there, there we go. That's how we're looking at it. Yep. So uh, next up, we have starting 11s and predictions. So we Greg Bulger back running prof, good to see. But is he got the six on his back or has his uh, namesake ran off with it? <laughs> we don't know, but 7.45 kickoff and live on RTE and we'll finally be presented with the trophy afterwards. And um, so once again, strange, strange, surreal times. And uh, the club have warned fans not to come down and say, congregate outside the ground. Yeah. We are at level five. There is a virus. It's a strange one, Prof, isn't it? I think I we mean, could probably all go... If we're, if we're going to go down, we can do it incognito. We can all go on Facebook and put our initials up. <laughs> and then see how we get on. And that'll give you an idea of who's going to go. We should like get 200 laptops and just put them on the walls. And then you can see us lighting flares and going <laughs> mad. <laughs> I think that's what they're doing in wrestling now. Oh, they do they just the, have, I saw the I saw the NBA. The NBA yeah. have massive screens all around. Yeah. A little bit over yeah. price range, maybe. Yeah, but uh, as for a starting eleven, uh, we don't know if Jack is going to be back for this. No. Uh, Gary, we forgot to mention Gary O'Neill. He was he wasn't in that eleven yeah. uh, Sunday either. So we're going to let so, you go for us for this. Oh, one, thanks. Yeah. Because I've no idea who to <laughs> pick. Uh, Pico came off the bench as well. In that game, so I think a lot of players are going to get time, game time tonight, or uh, on the on mm. the, in this game. Night not necessarily start, but I think we'll see a lot of subs. I'm going to put Finn back in at right wing back. Yeah. Uh, Ferrugia and Nafferty are are back in contention, but I'm going to keep Cavill there. Ooh. Uh, so I'm putting in Jack Byrne uh, instead of. Covid riddle Jackboard instead of Watts I suppose and Berkey's back from suspension as well you're you're dropping Watts right so you're going to play Greener yep so work well, I'm going to I'm going to keep Jack and have, let him have a cameo now this would have been one of those cameos where you come on and the whole it's the stand innovation and it comes on and mm-hmm. blah, 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 but I don't think he's if he's not fit to play, he has to come yeah. on for five or ten minutes just to be on the pitch to say when we kind of you know took the took the title and celebrated. So yeah, I'd expect Watts to actually start. Yeah, I I play Watts now, mm. and I have Jack on the bench. Um, 
yeah, I like the Cabo show. I'm gonna go with that as well. Same team as you, by that. But it's I don't know what are we gonna say. What, what's the what's the prediction? Now, since you clearly hate Pat on the show, I thought you were gonna go over a high score. I got five now. <laughs> five nil and absolutely send them back on that Lewis heartbroken. Yep. I'm gonna go a very conservative three nil. So that is a five nil and three nil prediction from the Prophet Gary P. And um, any hat tricks in your five now? Ooh, we'll go for a Dino brace and an Aaron Green hat trick. I'm gonna say everyone who hasn't scored this season is gonna score. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna get Scales, Gary O'Neill will come off the bench and score. Manus, uh, maybe you. Tommy Alou will come on and score. Yeah. Just up the sort of individual goal scorers stat. Round it off to everyone yeah. scoring proper intervillables. Invincibles, invincibles. My mouth has failed me. Um, yeah, so that is it. And uh, like we said, the club have warned fans about going down. You just might happen to live within five k and go for a walk with your dog. But it's a uh, it's something that the club advised against. It's just a horrible, horrible way to celebrate the title. Either sitting in work or at home watching on TV. It's it's not the same. No pubs open, nowhere to go, nowhere for the fans or the players to go, nowhere for the players to celebrate with their families, nothing. So it's a, it's an unfortunate event. So we're going to predictions for the rele- relegation playoff now, Prof, and the fourth spot. Well, we both think Harps, Harps to get out of the yeah, playoff spot. Pats to get absolutely <laughs> hammered by Galway. The fourth spot is like... Someone's just going to accidentally finish fourth. It is, yeah. It won't be of their own doing. It'll no. be someone else's result that pushes them into fourth. You could throw a blanket over four or five teams there. They're all the same. Yeah. I'll say... I'll say Dundalk will get fourth. I know you don't You don't want them. No, Dundalk are getting third, obviously. Is it not fourth? Can they not drop down to fourth? I think they can, but... They're, no. They, oh, I think they have three thirds on up. I think they're going to keep on this yeah. Mario brother as well. <laughs> and uh, I, I think he's going to be a, a disaster next season. That's my, that's my, that's my uh, show for next season already. He's actually quite likable. He is likable, yeah. Yeah, but I think he'd be terrible. But next season. I don't. He's obviously gotten to the group stages, but have they actually beaten a good team yet? Since he's been a point. No, you made that point as well. You were yeah. you were talking about who who they have beaten, and there's no one really up there, is there? No. Yeah, the Sligo blog. If you want to read that, too. yeah, the Sligo blog said that there's hardly a more intense rivalry in Irish soccer that which exists between supporters of Sligo Rovers and Shamrock Rovers. That is the the, the dumbest thing I've ever read. <laughs> oh my god, this was something similar to what that guy said on BBC. Former, remember, he was like a he was in a porno or something like that. He was right full. Oh god, I can't remember his name. He he came on and he started saying that we were spitting at him and throwing rocks at him and that the rivalry is crazy and oh yeah I never listened to played that. for Cork as well the yeah. rifles thing signed coffee was that signed Toby Toby had a boy rolling yeah that fucking Egypt yeah. yeah so yeah uh, more absolute lies so no program produced for the Pats game prof you and Robert Goggins can get out of the club <laughs> um, you're dead to me well the reason for that was ah here we go excuses Rick one come on give us well, well the scheduling made it just absolutely impossible like as it was before all the postponements we wouldn't have been able to talk about winning the league in the programme so it would have been like a waste of time as things happened 
it would have been technically possible to produce a program, but how could we have foreseen that? Ah, uh, yeah, here but, we uh, go. But yeah, there's going to be a special publication to commemorate the winning of the league. So you'll get your sort of end of season program of sorts. You call yourself an assistant editor. And uh, knowing Robert Goggins, that'll be good. Did you see his little interview? Yeah, it's fantastic stuff once again. Yep. A top, top Rovers man is Robert Goggins. Yeah, nice to see him get Mountains rec- of work he does for the club, there. yeah. And meanwhile, there was a piece in the Pats program versus <laughs> Dundalk. <laughs> a double page feature from Ronan O'Flaherty. Same guy from before? No, not that guy. Another, so they're all just as bitter. <laughs> Basically saying we shouldn't get a trophy at all. <laughs> what? He said that when the reason... Can we find this actual there? Yeah, anyway? so, so, I don't know if it's gone on Facebook yet, but I've seen a, it's got a screenshot of it there. He said when the restart happened, the club should have agreed that there'd be no league winner, but whoever finishes first gets the Champions League spot. Just no actual winner or trophy. So what? It's just a blank. Yeah. So what? Dude, what do you write? COVID nineteen. <laughs> he actually genuinely agrees. This like he thinks he, he went into enormous detail about how this season can't possibly count because we won the league after fourteen games. It's easy for him to say that because they're propping up everybody yeah. else, though. You know. Well, his whole argument falls down, in my opinion, when he says that none of the teams had time to recover. He's like Dundalk didn't have time and Cork. Look at Cork; they've been relegated. Cork were like uh, ahead of Sligo at the start. The only team that this was not fair on was Sligo, yeah. because they had lost their first four games, right? Sligo, who are now probably going to qualify for Europe, that's the only team it wasn't fair on, and it's worked out great for them. And everybody else, a couple of Pats fans I know, they were talking about um, how they had decent points tally at the start of the restart, saying they could go on and do something. Didn't really embrace the work, did they? <laughs> sure, Shells were in Didn't the, love the work, did they? Shells were in contention for Europe two weeks ago. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a back... One week, lose the next. But, um, yeah. So, that, that, uh, that was Ronan's we, argument. Uh, we have um, a lot of 18 times champions. Uh, the range is now on sale, so really looking forward to seeing this. The home and away jerseys with the embroidery on the front and 18 on the back in the official club font. So that is the one to be getting. I want a long sleeve one so I can wear it every single yeah. day till it falls off me. Yeah, we actually crashed the Umbros website, so it must have been in demand. Yeah, excellent stuff. Um, get your 18 times champion scars, pennants and badges as usual. Yeah, no asterisks. No asterisks. No, we haven't got asterisks. Mm. But we're proud of it. Uh, my personal favourite gear, the Eat Sleep Rovers repeat Yes, mug. very good. Want. <laughs> Loving it. So all the merch is looking fantastic. And uh, yeah, like we said, it's just a, it's a strange time. It's a strange time. But the club put out a statement asking the fans not to congregate as we spoke about earlier at the stadium Wednesday night. Um... Yeah, someone put up the footage recently of the win at UCD in 2011 and fortunately it's we're not getting that oh. this year. And I think possibly, I mean, considering current like the current situation, is it wise to, to, to go and congregate the ground? And, and we will have our time. We will have our time in the sun and we will have a 
we'll probably organise something ourselves as Tifties, like a live show and a party, which we always do when times aren't as tough as this. I think the best place is to probably celebrate it at home and just watch it on the TV and then obey because the last thing we want is negative publicity which they will jump all over 10-20 fans outside that ground would be enough for the mm. media outlets to just dive on it and shit all over us so it's probably yeah. the last thing we want Do and you? there's no pubs to go to either it's not as if you can go up to the ground and say oh well, that's grand let's go for a point you can't you can't do anything the Ilves thing was different yeah that was that was a naturally <laughs> it was a natural spontaneous thing Plus the stream had died, yeah. so there was a reason to actually... And we were allowed in the pubs then, yeah. you know, and we were yeah. allowed to congregate within 50 people. We were yeah. all within the guidelines there. There's yeah. no problem. But, um, yeah, no, it is. It's just one of those mm. things where we'll have to uh, park off the, the celebrations for another time. Like, the players are doing as well, so everybody's mm. doing it. Plus, you'd rather have a full-on celebration when we can. Do it right, maybe in the suite have a big huge pub booked out for ourselves the whole lot and have a big session Abo opens back up stay there for the lock in the whole lot then like a half hour half hour in a car park freezing your fucking nuts off and being hassled by guards so maybe that's one way to look at it yeah but yeah so we the uh, the celebrity fan Tommy Kelly he was homeless for three nights up at Sacred Heart and he has raised nearly 2000 euros so donations from all over Dublin and Ireland have gone into them so if you need to get in touch with us and we can put you onto Tommy for a donation and fair play to him he was homeless for three nights and he was kept now in fairness he was kept fed and watered and, and warm and that wouldn't necessarily be the case if you were actually homeless so mm-hmm. that's what Tommy kept saying is don't don't be sending food to me don't be giving me anything like that just donate it to somebody else and he has to get the real experience so he's done he's raised a lot of money for homelessness so a big yeah. shout out to Tommy Kelly for that well, that's top man my favourite part was uh, <laughs> Pat Flynn messaged him and he thought it was real. Yeah, and he was yeah. Like, he was like, Jesus, what happened, man? Offering a roof he over was his like, head. yeah, I'll give you a room. I'll give you a room. <laughs> I think that was his favourite part of the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... And we want to send our best wishes and a full recovery to two great hoopers, Paul O'Connell, who unfortunately suffered a bike accident and Paddy McQuaid in uh, ICU. So swift and speedy recoveries to both fantastic hoops and hopefully we'll see it in the south stand soon enough and that is pretty much it prof yeah, everybody's rooting for uh for paddy uh he, he was struggling there for quite a while apparently he's, he's uh it's looking a bit more positive good to see good to hear and uh yeah so hopefully paul o'connell will have a swift recovery as well so two good hoopers and that's yeah. it for this week prof pretty much um can't think about anything else i want to add bar that we've i mean that we've gone gone a long time without being in a stadium without watching football we need to get our football fixed somehow um, I was talking about Cliftonville earlier on and the ever knowledgeable Maloney told us that it's tough for Cliftonville fans to even get in the game so I can't see us getting our football fixed for the foreseeable so as long as this is happening we're just going to have to keep ourselves occupied in the prof's lair prof's dungeon maybe I might get a chance to see the prisoners one day let's just win this double unbeaten enjoy it Hopefully things could look up in 2021. God knows, but we can hope. Yeah, that's it. That's all we can hope for. So that is it for this week, and keep on hoping. See ya.
cherche la balle. 